From BT Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, students in some districts are now returning to school. While COVID-19 cases across the state are still surging due to the highly contagious Delta variant. School leaders across the state say their number one job is to keep kids safe this fall. But what exactly that means could look different from school to school. How are you handling going back to school? VT Digger's education reporter is Lola DeFort. Last week, she and I spoke to superintendents about what school could actually look like in the coming weeks. Some of it is positive. K-12 schools are expecting to have everyone back in the building five days a week. It could be like a reunion. You know, we have, we have kiddos coming back next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I want them all back. I want to provide a safe, welcoming, and inclusive place for all of my students and for all of my adults. We had all of our adults in the building today. For the first time in, I don't even know how long. We didn't do this last year. All of my employees were in the auditorium this morning at 8.30. But reuniting right now comes with a good deal of anxiety. I feel a very visceral professional responsibility to maintain an environment that is incredibly safe for children who are coming back and don't even have the opportunity to get vaccinated. Brian Ricca is the superintendent in the St. Johnsbury School District. He said he's excited for in-person education and frustrated about how it's been rolled out. We need more. Now, I'll be honest. I want our kids back in school. As a dad, I want my own children back in school. And I want my students, my student population in St. Johnsbury that I serve back in school. We had a lot of hope in June. There was a lot of reason to be really optimistic that we were going to be able to start the school year differently. And while I absolutely understand that we are leading the way in this country in vaccine percentages, that doesn't help me as a pre-K-8 building, where, as I said to you before, the majority of my children are not even eligible for it yet. Mm -hmm. And as I understand this variant, it is more impactful in the lives of children. So I would say succinctly, I'm, I'm looking for more. Part of Brian's frustration has to do with the state's guidance, or lack of it. Earlier this month, the Agency of Education and the Department of Health put out a two-page memo with some recommendations on masking and staying home when you're sick. It said nothing about ventilation or physical distancing, and very little about vaccination. For some educators, that's not enough. I mean, the state gave us this humongous document last time that was full of ways forward. Two pages does not seem like enough to me right now when the medical community that is tasked with the medical well-being of young people is saying we need to be doing more i I wish there would be more alignment i don't i don't understand what's preventing our administration from being more emphatic and giving us more to support a safe return to schools. Some of the conflict comes from masking rules. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the American Academy of Pediatrics recommend universal indoor masking in schools. 
the state recommends masking for the first two weeks of the school year. At that point, if 80% of the vaccine-eligible population in a school have received full doses of the vaccine, then mask rules can drop for those people. Again, this is guidance. One school district in Canaan has already said, nope, masks will be optional. Other districts have swung the other way. I mean, we will all be in masks. And my message to my community about masks was that we'll be masked until further notice. Libby Bonesteel is the superintendent for the Montpelier-Roxbury district. I didn't put anything about a 10-day or an 80% thing or anything like that. It was until further notice to give myself some flexibility there. Libby said superintendents have been left on their own to figure out how to enforce masking rules in certain environments, like when students are eating. It depends by school. You know, our, we're shipping in tons of picnic tables and different types of tables for our middle school and our high school so that we can spread kids out in the cafeteria. At our elementary schools, around one elementary school, the bigger one at Union, the kids will be eating in the classrooms again to start the school year. At Roxbury, they'll be splitting the school up half and half to keep less kids there while they're unmasked and eating. I know our high school has added a lunch period to, to separate kids a little bit more. We're using different doorways for kids to enter. Again, you know, that kind of thing. Some of the protocols that we had where we know masses of kids are typically together, we're trying to lessen that burden on our, on our facilities. But beyond just having to adapt, the state has put superintendents in a tricky spot. Now they're the ones taking heat from parents who don't agree with the school's approach. I think when I think about that, I think more for my colleagues around the state. I think that Montpelier and Roxbury communities understand masking and believe in the science. And we, we don't get that pushback. Um, but I was on a call with superintendents today, and there's a lot happening um, in those districts and at board meetings right now with just absolute vitriol coming at the superintendent comments like, why are you killing my kid with a mask? You know, right. like that, that kind of thing. And that's, if I think about it in the context of a larger state, it's almost political cover for the people who need to do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if the, if the uh, state either worries about that piece or thought it through because Vermont has been so successful. So I'm worried about my colleagues and what they're, what they're experiencing right now. What I'm hearing is a mixed bag on masks. Staff are much more universal on wanting to have masks. Parents are either strongly for or strongly against. There is very little middle ground. Jean Collins, the superintendent in Rutland, sent out a survey earlier this month. She said she got strong responses on masking from both sides. There's still a great deal of anxiety with the Delta variant of even sending kids to school. And there are still families with um, immunocompromised people in the household, whether it's the student or a, another household member, who are very concerned about exposing their child to the Delta variant and bringing it back home. <laughs> One of my favorite comments that came from a parent was, I just want staff there with open arms, ready to love my child. So we'll do that. And then a, a lot of concern about, you know, we get that there needs to be masks, but could we get outside more and take off the masks and, and have breaks, which we also are, are planning to do. Parents who really are strongly anti-mask, how are you addressing those concerns when people come at you with those? I'm sorry. We can agree to disagree, but I have uh, an obligation, a duty of care obligation to provide the safest, healthiest environment that I can provide for all students. That does not necessarily mean that everyone's going to agree with me. 
but I am the person who is tasked with the responsibility and obligation. And I need to know that I have created as safe and healthy an environment as I possibly can in a pandemic, which is not perfect. So I'm sorry that you don't agree. Jean said the state's guidance around masking was just flat out confusing. She's planning to honor the 80% threshold in schools with mostly older kids, but stick to universal masking in schools with mostly younger kids. I I am wondering why it's a district-by-district decision to start the school year universally masked. And I would like to see it not to be a district-by-district decision, because I think that it's, it's difficult enough to try to meet your community's needs, but when your community is so split over such an issue as that, if this, this really is a, a health issue and it is impacting our hospitals in a way that healthcare workers are walking off the job and we have fewer of them, that teachers are walking off the job and we have fewer of them, then let's just, let's just get a grip on it and say we're starting the year with masks. When we come back, why school officials say the state should be doing more. Just a quick message from our underwriters. RK Miles is a third-generation, family-owned building material supplier founded in Manchester, Vermont in 1940. The company has become a leader in providing products and services for both residential and commercial building projects offering lumber, doors and windows, decking, paint, hardware, tools, and so much more. Now with eight Vermont locations, RK Miles is positioned to serve the entire state. See what a difference it makes working with an independent building material supplier. Visit rkmiles.com to learn more and find a location near you. Part of the frustration among school officials right now is that the current surge in cases took everyone by surprise. You know, if we looked at things uh, through a lens in June, there was great optimism, right, that we had gotten through the worst of COVID-19. You know, there was a, a very strong sense of optimism that the return to school this year would be close to normal. And then as we've seen the uptick with the Delta variant throughout the summer, I think the picture certainly has changed. John Castle heads the North Country Supervisory Union with schools from Lowell to Essex County. He said some things will look more normal than they did last year. For example, students will do some physical distancing, but without many rigid guidelines. You know, it's not as if we've uh, broken out the tape measure. And, you know, last year it was really difficult for a number of our schools to meet the uh, either the three foot or the six foot physical distancing. That was particularly hard. You know, the high school had to be in a hybrid uh, because of that. And uh, the junior high was really maxed out around their use of space. So uh, if we had to return to something like that, it would really, it would be a, a, certainly a setback. John is handling mask rules similar to Rutland. Universal masking in schools with mostly younger kids and honoring the 80% threshold in schools with mostly older kids. But John said he's not sure how to track progress toward that threshold. And the state hasn't given any hints. We're a little concerned about how this determination will be made. Uh, Will it be made by the Department of Health in a cross-reference of their vaccine database uh, along with our student database? Or will there be some process we're expected to uh, conduct in terms of a voluntary attestation of 
meeting uh, the vaccine requirement or, or providing proof of a vaccine. Again, not a requirement to do that, but some voluntary. And even then, some folks may have some reluctance uh, to do that or participate in that. John said that with vaccination rates for younger Vermonters dragging, he's also concerned about the threshold even being realistic. There's this arbitrary number of 80 percent out there. And let's just say North Country Union High School hovers at 72 percent. You know, maybe after a couple more weeks, we get up to 73 percent or 74 percent. And then people are just saying, why can't we not wear masks? We're almost there. Right. But it's like, nope. You're, you're not there. So I, I think there's a little bit of concern. I understand some of the encouragement that that might provide, right, for people to become vaccinated. I'm not sure in some cases people will still feel reluctant to have their children vaccinated. And are we going to get to that magical number of 80%? I certainly am not anticipating that that's going to happen, say, in the first two weeks of school, which is really what was suggested as a possibility. John said overall he agreed with the state's approach to give local districts the power to make their own decisions. But it has placed him in the middle of a heated debate among parents. Yeah, it, it is a little bit of a no-win situation. And, you know, we we faced that last year. You know, I, as I say to uh, to my leadership team, there's no end to the opportunities for me to disappoint people. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at, at some point, somebody is going to be disappointed. I understand that. And what I think... I feel confident in articulating is that if we're going to come down on the side of anything, it's going to be on the side of health and safety, right? And that if there's a doubt about something and we can be more safe um, by a certain practice or protocol, that's the direction we're going to go. If we can mitigate the spread of this virus by wearing masks, it makes total sense to me that we would do that for the good of our students and their health, the good of our staff and their health, and also to keep schools open. Because if we have cases and we have quarantining, we're going to have disruption and students are going to have a loss of learning. Uh, And we also run the risk of even closing a whole school. Other superintendents said they're looking for more specific guidance from the state on what happens if cases crop up. Here's Libby Bonesteel. You know, we've been told to treat this like the flu, and it's not the flu. The experience over the last year and a half has told us this is not like the flu. Um, And so we can't do that. So I'm I'm concerned about contact tracing for our elementary students in particular who are not vaccinated and and how do we continue the learning? Last year, schools were tasked with completing their own contact tracing. The health department hasn't told school leaders if that's happening again. Yeah, we haven't had it since last school year, but you know, if we have to contact trace between vaccinated and unvaccinated, that matters. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to have the system set up to do that so we don't have to do that legwork in an emergency where we're stressed, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to get people in contact with the people who need to be in contact. Right. So I've, I'm very much looking forward to getting the um, guidance around contact tracing and how, how we will be doing that. It would be really helpful from, from my perspective if we had an advanced look on what contingencies should look like from the perspective of the administration. Given that we've had positive cases in summer school, I think it behooves me as a superintendent whose basic goal is to operate a school district safely to expect that there will be more positive cases. And I would love to hear more guidance from the administration 
whether that's the governor, whether it's Dr. Levine, the Department of Health, whether it's the Secretary of Education, on um, what we should be preparing for. You know, and, and honestly and candidly, I wish there was a more uniform approach mm-hmm. to what the Vermont American Academy of Pediatrics is is recommending. I mm-hmm. feel I feel as though we we need more. Last year, there was also specific guidance around activities that were considered riskier for spreading the virus, like athletics and music. Gene Collins pointed out that this year, the health guidance didn't mention either. We're really interested in how, you know, our, my teachers are starting their planning on Monday. They come back for their in-service days Monday, and I still don't know what to tell them to plan for music classes. Um, and I shouldn't be sitting in this position, you know, mere days away from from paying people to plan for classroom instruction without knowing what to tell them to plan. All these gaps have some school officials frustrated with the Agency of Education. I'm looking for more detail. I'm looking for more guidance. For me, this is not a time for a light touch. This is a time for leadership and putting vulnerable children's lives first. I asked Gene Collins what the end of this period looks like. What does getting back to normal really mean at this point? Well, I don't know when we're going to get there, but, you know, I, I see me walking into a school and walking into a classroom, not wearing a mask, seeing a group of kids sitting around a table, doing a group activity, not wearing a mask, singing happening, and um, just not that level of anxiety that we've had for the last 16, 18 months. Um, you're saying when you're in the in the school building now, you can you can kind of just sense that anxiety is there. You can, and you know, I'll walk in with the mask on. The teachers will have masks on. The kids will have masks on. Um, we will, you know, the door is not wide open. People are discouraged from coming into the schools. Um, currently, we don't have assemblies and parents sitting through assemblies, but we would go back to that. We would bring community in more often as we did before. Um, I think we're all hopeful for that time. You can read more coverage of school reopenings and the Delta variant from Lola DeFort and the rest of our team at vtdigger.org. And find all of our COVID-19 coverage in one place at vtdigger.org slash coronavirus. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We used music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.